Welcome to Grace Point Direct, a place that helps us all connect deeper into our church. Um, I'm this week's host, Caleb Gabrelli. The goal of each podcast is to not only inform about different things we have happening as a church body, but also to dig a little deeper into different topics and issues that we should all find interesting. We'll be dropping a new episode each week, so make sure you subscribe. You'll get notified when it hits. Download the Grace Point app where you also find up-to-date information on coming events, audio from Mike's latest sermons, and a place to send in prayer requests and stay connected with our pastoral staff. Another important note that you might want to know is that we have strategy meeting coming up on June 6th. Uh, This is not only a special celebration that we do every year, but Grace Point is turning 20 this year. So be looking for information, save the date, join us on on June 6th. If you're going to host on my podcast channel... You know, it brings some excitement whenever there's an exciting. I'm trying to. I'm know? trying to sound with that smooth voice that you've got, like oh. just that that flow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just. Can you put a little energy into 20 years? I gotta start over. No, don't start over. No, just start I'm, at 20 hey, years. I, hey, listen. I am excited about our 20 years, and so if you're listening to this right now, save the date because how many churches do you get to be a part of that turn 20? So we're calling this GBC 20. It's our 20-year celebration. Uh, June 6th, look for look for information. Plan that day after church to join us as a family. It's going to be good. Today, if you're not already laughing and wondering, is this real? We've got episode number 16 in our More Than a Minister series where we are going to get to know our staff in a way that <laughs> clearly you haven't gotten to before. And yes, I am sitting with your normal host, yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I mean, Taylor Wood. Taylor Wood. Cue the applause track. No, Most people don't know your full name. That's right. You did share it in a previous podcast. I've, As you said, this is number 16 in this particular series, so mm-hmm. I don't exactly remember um, everything I've, sh- I've shorn. There's been, I think there's that's been the, so many. That's, yeah, there's been, there's been plenty. I don't know about so many, but there has been plenty. I can tell you that. Well, at your age, it's hard to remember. I mean, you're, you're getting up there in years. It's more like my uh, my like ability to handle my calendar and schedule. <laughs> I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's a discipline thing. And like, you know, you wouldn't think sixteen times is too many times to do anything, but unfortunately, well, this is the podcast where the tables have turned, and I've yes. I've got the power. I'm asking the questions. I'm already nervous. We want to hear from you, actually, more than we've already heard from you. You know, it's neat. You've shocking, had the shocking. opportunity. You've had the opportunity along the way to share tidbits of your life. Yeah, uh-huh. and that's been pretty neat. But today, we get it all together. Um, we're gonna try. Yeah, it's a convoluted mess, Caleb. <laughs> well, it's gonna be fun, um, man. That there's a lot more that I want to hear about your life. Okay, so we're gonna jump in. Uh, why don't you tell us where you were born? Tell us where you grew up. Give us a snapshot of what your family upbringing looked like. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was born in southeast Arkansas in a, a fairly small town called Monticello, just like pure southeast Arkansas. People from there are awesome. Uh, so yeah, I was born there, but um, my parents split at a decently early age there and uh, ended up, uh, my, my dad is from that area. Uh, my mom is, was actually a... Um, born on a military base in uh, hmm. North Carolina. No kidding. Uh, yeah, and so, but then they ended up kind of growing up in East Texas. So uh, we moved, um, at, you know, af- out of Southeast Arkansas when I was young, um, and I spent a majority of my childhood in Southeast Texas, just about thirty minutes north of Beaumont, Texas. So I, I say, as corny as this is, I was Arkansas bred, Texas fed. So <laughs> my wife cringes every time I say that. <laughs> I, I can see that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you say the majority of your childhood, what, what are we talking? Yeah, I started kindergarten 
there. Okay, and in Southeast Texas. Yeah, I went all the way. Uh, I, I did ninth grade in Southeast Texas, um, and then I moved back to Arkansas for my ju- – I'm sorry, I did my sophomore year of high school in Southeast Texas, and then I moved back to Arkansas for my junior year of high school. When you say back, back to Monticello? Back to – we lived in Monticello, but I went to school in Warren. Okay, so. same area? Same area, yeah, okay. 20 minutes away. So, so a good amount of up your, your upbringing, Southeast Texas. Southeast Texas, then yeah, you but back. you know – High school's all done in Arkansas. Um, half of high school. So I actually went to three different high schools wow. in four years. So I went to uh, one town in ninth grade, moved towns for 10th grade, and then moved towns again for my junior year and finished out my junior senior year in Warren. Um, I'm here in Southeast Texas. I'm here in Monticello, Warren. Mm-hmm. That's small town, right? Yeah, no doubt. So the town, so Monticello now is 10,000, okay. but the town I grew up in, we were. Uh, I want to say maybe 4,000 folks. Okay, okay. Yeah, so uh, Coons, Texas is a um, little bit little be, uh, south te- southeast Texas town. Um, were, yeah. you, were you that kid that was determined, I'm getting out of here someday? Uh, n- no, I never you, you actually thought type, that. Right? I, absolutely, you know those types, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I actually really appreciated, I think, a lot of, a lot of the things that I got um, and I even recognized that when I was growing up, uh, you know, it's not, I, you, I don't know how to explain this other than there's not a lot of kids that don't grow up in those areas that can just jump on a four wheeler and ride for eight hours, wherever they want to, you know, yeah, yeah. or, um, you know, spend all day, <laughs> my, my across the street, buddy had a golf cart that <laughs> was not a fancy golf cart. And we, ended up mudding in the golf cart more than we did anywhere. <laughs> so we would, uh, you know, we would jump on the golf cart and let, just ride up and down the, you know, the road where um, every house has, you know, five to 10 acres. And so it's really yeah. spread out. And um, I, I really appreciated that actually as a kid. I, I didn't, I never thought um, uh, life, there was more to offer outside of what we had. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that we, my parents were educators. Okay. And so if you think about a small town, the biggest commodity in most small towns is a school, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest source of jobs, most likely, you know, the, the epicenter of life is a lot of times around schools. And so I grew up in thinking, um, that was my path, you know, is to is, become an educator, to become an educator. Yeah. And so that's why I just it never even crossed my mind that there was more out there. Interesting. So you've asked every other ho- guest that's been on the mm-hmm. show, what did we look like when we were young? Yeah. Not like physically, whatever, but give us a picture of Taylor <laughs> when he was a little kid. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I was definitely uh, friendly. I had lots of, lots of friends, which is shocking to some, I'm sure now. Um, I've been jaded by life. Caleb, it's beat me <laughs> down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you know, I, I had I had a ton of friends. I was that that kid that was always jumping back and forth between cafeteria tables. I uh, kind of fit into different groups of people. Um, the town that we grew up in had a a, a pretty uh, unhealthy amount of uh, racial tension in it, actually, which is kind of interesting now that we're like I feel like mm. I'm back full circle and just the recent conversations and stuff. Okay. But um, but I always was uh, that kid that you would find hanging out with different groups of people. Um, everywhere. And uh, I played every single sport possible. Yeah. And most of that was just because I wanted to be busy. You know, I, I wanted to have something to do. And did you, ever, did you have a favorite? 
Um, I had an, I have an affinity toward football for sure. Okay. Uh, my stepdad started off in coaching and, and went into administration. And so my early days were spent, uh, getting out of school and, you know, I'm talking about elementary, right. uh, even uh, getting out of school, riding the bus over to the high school and sitting on a football f- practice field for, you know, two or three hours. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was my life, you know? And so I think that I just grew a appreciation for it. And so I had affinity toward football. Um, but you know, I, honestly, I just loved competing and loved being busy with sports. Do you consider yourself a competitive guy? Uh, I'm a recovering competitive. You used uh, to be really competitive. I used to not handle losing very well. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, it's not so bad anymore, but... Yeah. My, well, what yeah. if what if I ask your wife about that? Yeah, I don't know. It's still pretty bad. <laughs> she would, Yeah, I think I think she would say the same thing, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, man, you said you just kind of assumed your path was in education. Yeah. Uh, you you say that now. I'm not sure at the time, like as a kid, if that's maybe what you'd say. But I'm curious if if we would have asked you when you were 12 mm-hmm. the question, like, "Hey, what are you going to be when you grow up?" Oh yeah. What would you have said? Man. Um, in, Honestly, for the we, I, I don't know why I, I don't even know how I got to thinking of this, but um, I so we had LASIK a few years back, but I've always wore glasses, okay. so I had really I had really bad eyesight, have uh, pretty hard astigmatisms, and but all my childhood I wanted to be in the Air Force, which was kind of a kind okay. of a thing I wanted to be a pilot, you know, um, but but it was all like Air Force centric, it wasn't a commercial pilot. I didn't see okay. a plane in the sky. I don't know what it is. I went through this like pretty long phase where. I thought it'd be really cool to be an Air Force pilot, you know. Um, but then uh, for me, it was always uh, I say like the top three things was probably always you know, like Air Force or um, I loved cooking. I, I was there was lots of Saturdays where I was the I would get up early and cook everyone breakfast. Okay, um, because I just enjoyed it, you know. I mean, I, I don't know, and it was probably terrible. I don't know if it was any good, but. Um, you enjoyed the cooking. I enjoyed part or the, the cooking, the serving part of everyone. I liked both of those things. Okay. I, I, I liked. I definitely liked the cooking part, but I wasn't super adventurous. I wouldn't call myself a chef. Okay. I think I lo- I liked the catering part of it, where it's like um, figuring out. Like I liked the idea of people waking up and saying, uh, "Oh, we've got breakfast," you know, or like, "Oh, that's cool," you know. And so um, that was that, that was what I was doing on Saturday morning. That so made you feel good for yeah, someone yeah, else sure. to wake up and be like, "Oh man, that's thank you." Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't think I ever thought, hey, you know, I could be an educator. I think that was being built in the back of my mind, though. I, I, I could just small again, small town growing up. Yeah. You're only you're really limited to what you're seeing. That's right. right? Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna fast forward just a bit, and then we'll we'll circle back. I'm curious how young Taylor got involved with music and audio. So yeah. uh, this is a quick fast forward, right? But yeah, don't sure. don't jump too far ahead. I just want to know what whatever mm. started that. I mean, we're sitting yeah, here hearing easy, about. Yeah. Maybe military, maybe sorry, maybe right. being a pilot in the sure, Air Force, right? Sure. Um, hearing a little bit about education, small town, yeah. football, every sport. Uh, hold on, we know Taylor Wood now, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, give us just a glimpse. How in the world did you get involved? How did all right. that begin with music and audio? You're getting a little bit of a glimpse now into kind of, kind of my background and who I am as a person is this, um, you know, conglomerate of things, if uh-huh. you would, which is why I'm as like a, you know. Uh, What's the saying? Mediocre at all, master of none, or something like that. Uh, you know, jack of all trades, jack, jack of, of all the trades, but not. I'm not the king of anything. You know, uh, but no. So at ten years old, so let me say this first. My dad plays um, 
uh, guitar or did for my uh, for as long as I could remember acoustic I, I, electric acoustic bass. guitar yeah um, okay. old country eighties country singer you know like okay. kind of that thing and my mom sings her whole family's musical my mom actually plays guitar now and leads worship at her church which is kind of a, a cool thing as well uh, so I'm saying that I have a musical family but I don't want to I don't want to paint the picture as in like we were sitting around playing music all together or something but they had those influences and I think that I saw that and then at some point I think every kid especially every boy uh, says I want to play guitar you know like we, I, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. there's something about the guitar or drums or something you know like there's some phase so at 10 I picked up a guitar and a, and a book and kind of read some of the book and learned how to, to finger the chords and stuff and uh, taught I would say taught myself how to play guitar and then through asking my dad stuff or friends stuff, you know, I would, I kind of grew my ability a little bit there. Um, And so uh, I would say at 10, I learned, it probably took me two years to really get serious about wanting to play. So 12, 13, I pick it back up real heavy and really started learning then and actually learning full songs and, and stuff like that. Um, The audio piece really came in, Man, when I was probably when I was 16, 16 or 17, and I started leading more worship, and I found out really quickly that if I didn't learn everything about what I needed, it wasn't going to work. And so I had to get in there and, and learn how to make the audio system work, or we weren't going to have songs on a microphone that night. So let's pause there for just a minute because you've done a really good job this far, um, kind of just walking through the, those first sixteen years of your life. Yeah, yeah. To, to, I mean, we're leaving out a lot of details, but we're getting an idea of who Taylor Wood was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're sitting here talking about leading worship at sixteen. If you're going to do it right now, you're lear- learning this audio piece. Yeah, I'm curious what what did worship mean to you when you were sixteen? What, tell me about like your understanding of who God was. Yeah. Had had you really come into a personal relationship with Jesus somewhere in that what early preteen years, early right. teen years to understand what worship was at sixteen? Or you're just referring to that now, knowing I was doing the music. I ended up seeing church as this very interesting place that it wasn't even just about the worship, but I really connected with the staff of it. So, I th- and I think a lot of teenagers, mm. like young kids that grow up in church end up wanting to be around the youth pastor some, like right. that student pastor yeah. position. It's pretty normal. Of course, it was called youth pastors back then, you know, so uh, let's let's get that right. It wasn't cool student pastors Wait. until the last 10 years or so. So, right. so the youth guy uh, back then, actually, we had two youth guys that seemed to be, from my memory, were pretty awesome guys, and... I just remember wanting to be up there with them. I don't know. I, I, when you say I, up there, up at the church, up or at the on church, the, or on the stage? No, no, no. no. Up okay. at the church, just the hang church out in general. Them. You just want it, to be around them. I just want to be around. I'm not talking about on Wednesdays and Sundays, but uh-huh. just like any time would have been cool. You know, just hanging out, whatever. I think if I were to assess myself or something like that, I think that has had probably something to do with just seemingly stable. Um, you know, I, I was finding some identity there. And I didn't realize it or something, you know. So I say all that to say the church to me meant a lot just personally. And then when I was 14, I believe, I believe I was 14, could have been 15, uh, my ninth grade year. So I guess maybe 14 turning 15. um, I I mean, little small town church, 
if you play guitar and sing, you got to be useful. And actually, even as a kid, I was in the choir at church and stuff like that. Like, even as like a fifth grader, like fourth grader, fifth grader, I would you go were and gonna sing. do something. I was going to do something, and my mom was going to make me do something. So let's just be clear. So mom, I guess you know that's true. So um, you know we were all we were in everything, and so um, but I did enjoy singing, and so. Uh, at 14 or 15, the youth pastor is like, well, I have this ninth grader, this upcoming ninth grader or whatever. Uh, he knows how to play guitar, and that's the only person that we have. So um, in our little fellowship hall there, we just gathered up in the corner, and we had an overhead projector with uh, transparencies. And I would yes. learn – I think I learned um, – Love those. Uh, way back in the day whenever like there was – Christian music was like <laughs> – not great, but um, anyway, so I remember, you know, leading those songs in a little corner of our fellowship hall as good as I knew how, being super stressed out about not being able to play guitar and then like strumming a big chord and reaching up and grabbing the transparency and like pushing it up some more so you could see the lyrics uh-huh, better uh-huh. or like changing the song. Right. So it was like, yeah, that was your job. Yeah. Well, there was no one. I don't at the t- <laughs> And at the time, like, I don't know how the youth pastor didn't sit there and go, you know what? Some one of the other eight people in this room could right. probably change these transparencies for uh-huh. you. You know, but anyways, that, uh, that's my little soapbox, you know. But that's when I learned how important leadership delegation was, Caleb, yeah, well, as a 14-year-old. Yeah, okay. So this is, we want to make sure that we hear this, okay? Yeah. So our listeners going, man, that's awesome. Like, you're serving in the church. You're singing in the choir. You're hanging out with the youth guys. You're at the church mm-hmm. all the time. Now you're learning guitar. You're doing audio stuff. When did the light bulb come on somewhere in your life where you're saying or you're acknowledging, man, I'm a pretty messed up, broken person, and I, I need Jesus? Oh yeah. So salvation wise, um, that was, uh, again, we, uh, my parents, I think what we knew was get in church. And so at the age of, oh man, I, uh, six or eight, I can't remember one of those okay. like early age, you know, got it. Um, I made a profession of faith and, and of course, to be honest with you, I just have my mom's version of this or my stepdad's version of this where, uh, cause I don't exactly remember it. Right. And so, uh, where they really felt confident that I was, comprehending what I was saying. And so um, at 12, though, I remember going to a preteen camp and just the evangelists being very clear on, look, if uh, if you don't like, are you going to be in heaven one day? You know, kind of a, I would say a stereotypical heaven or hell, you know, sermon. Yeah. Um, where I, you know, I just, I wasn't confident I could answer that question. I think it's probably because I didn't have a great memory of that experience. Right. So I, what I would say, how I would answer that is, um, I, at least when I was six or eight or 12, I accepted Christ in one of those experiences. Um, but I would say the, what is really stuck out to me is the, the discipleship growth, like the discipleship journey, man, I love that from 12 to 18. I love that. Yeah. Cause I, I can tell you that I believe in Jesus and, yeah. I, and I do believe that I believed in Jesus then. Yeah. Um, but I, ha- and I also, this is not the, the episode for this, but I have some interesting thoughts on like salvation and why I feel comfortable answering you that way of like, there wasn't yeah. this, uh, there was a moment in time where I believed in Jesus, right. you know, but really for a six year old to fully comprehend the Lord of my life right, right, right. is tough. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, so. and sometimes we hang our hat on those moments, right? Like yeah, yeah. I gave my life to Christ when I was five, whenever I was six, seven, eight, whatever. Yeah. And oftentimes we forget to ask the question like, what? 
what did that look like exactly? Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. So for you to, for your memory to be this discipleship process that mm-hmm. was happening in those very formative years right. of being a teenager, man, I love that about your story. That that, yeah. that is the marker and the highlight of you recognizing yeah. this is when I was growing in Christ, learning right. what it meant to be a part of a church and serve in a church and what right. it meant to be a follower of Jesus. Well, you know, like the older you get, the more times you have the opportunity to be challenged in what you believe your actions get challenged and you start to have mm. to answer for, I act this way, I say this, but I act this way. Right. And, you know, that's not very hard for a fifth, sixth, seventh grader to 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 put hand in hand together. Right. But it gets harder the older you get, you know, and the more decisions you're able to make on your own, the, the you live your life the way you want to. And so um, the more freedom you get, I think the more you encounter the option to really show you believe what you say you do. That's good. All right, let's uh, let's move on just a bit. Uh, you're talking about these formative years. Mm-hmm. Um, you graduate high school. Uh, do you know where you're going to college? Do you know what life looks like? Oh gosh, and, dude! No. H- hold on. Uh, let's get give us a quick glimpse of that, and then what we really want to get onto is how'd you meet your wife? Oh yeah. Like, was this in college? Were you guys high school sweethearts? Like, we got to talk about Jamie in here. We have such a sweet story. Um, so yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I went to three different high schools over four years. I was living with my dad at the time uh, when I graduated. And, uh, you know, we, I think it was just a couple of bachelor dudes just like eating cornflakes, you know, and, and uh, Frosted Flakes at the house watching Seinfeld. That was our thing, Frosted Flakes and Seinfeld, man. Like, that's. Is that what Texas Fed refers to? No, that's, Ar- that's Arkansas. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, that's, a couple, that's, that's a couple of uh, bachelors, you know, living it up at the house, I guess. You know, it's like, oh. But uh, but no, um, I would say that I had n- no plan when I graduated high school. Um, Jamie and I actually, so I went to, uh, we went to the same church. Uh, so Jamie and I actually met in ninth grade, but she pretends like she doesn't remember me. Um, even though I know that I, I rocked her world when she, I mean, like you can't, you can't forget this Taylor Muffin Wood. can't walk through yeah, the door and yeah. you forget. You can't him, right? forget Taylor Wood. Yeah, right now, I Jamie's agree. blushing. I think I agree. she's listening to this. She's like, Oh my God. Yeah. But if you ask her, she's like. I don't remember him meeting him. But she we, may, I mean, how, she, you went to three different high schools. I mean, she's probably like, I think I know Taylor. Or maybe, and then, you <laughs> well, know. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in all that, all my whole childhood, uh, you know, I would go back and forth between my mom and dad visiting, right. you know, visitation. And so I would go to that church all through my childhood. So it, I was very comfortable there. But we met, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling, she doesn't believe me, but we met at a, uh, a lock-in for New Year's Eve one time, you know, back whenever youth ministry Wait, used hold to on. be good. Why doesn't she believe you? Are you saying she that doesn't she doesn't me. believe that that's where you met? She doesn't remember me. She doesn't remember how you met. She doesn't remember me in that day. When does she remember you from? Okay, so I went, that's this ninth is, grade. This is getting really good. I know, right? I know. So you remember this lock-in. I do. And you're yeah. certain it was Jamie. I'm 80%. <laughs> but uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, so that's ninth grade. Fast forward to 11th grade, I've moved to live with my dad instead of visiting back and forth. Okay. And uh, so I'm going to this church pretty much full time now, right? I'm going on, on every Sunday. So we definitely meet then. We're in the in the, in the the student group. And I can tell you right she now. She acknowledges Kim, this one. She acknowledges this okay, one. Okay, got it. What, I, I, let me tell you it, it from her viewpoint. Okay. This is, this is from her words. Okay. I came, I would come in for Sunday school on Sunday mornings in some whitewashed bootcut jeans and uh, a white button down uh, shirt, you know, untucked okay. shirt. 
and I had long hair then, so I had like Bieber hair before it was Bieber. Okay, uh, before he even was born. I, I want to see. I want to see pictures. Yeah, uh, the hair. The hair's in, flowing. The, the hair flows, and she just can't keep her eyes off. Me. That's what it is. That's what yeah. it is. And my version is: I remember distinctly <laughs> Jamie sticking out um, in in our summertime uh, student ministry activities. Um, you know, and let's just be honest, y'all. That's it's a it's a hard time as a teenager to be trying to pursue the Lord, but also see a lady of the Lord mm. across the room who um, is uh, attractive. You know? Well, especially after having a lock in at ninth grade and her leaving such an impression on you, that, right? And and then for well, two years she doesn't even notice you and your flowing hair. And let's just say ninth grade to eleventh grade; those were hard years. Well, those were fruitful years for myself, you know. Uh, I was, anyways, I grew, growing up years, you know. Um, that's a really important growing up years. So, I mean, anyways, I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, I digress, I should say. Yeah, you um, 11th grade, we met. We started dating, though, in our senior year, fall of senior year, okay. high school. And actually, we ended up uh, both choosing to go to the same college by incident. Like, it wasn't. We didn't like sit down and book. Okay. We just actually, so we both went to the same college. Which Henderson college is that? Henderson. Okay. Yeah, I went to Henderson State in Arkadelphia. Uh, you know, wearing uh, MBSF ministry there, where I met uh, Cameron McGee, who's uh, you yeah. know a part of our church. Yeah. So Cameron and I led worship together. Okay. Cameron's a part of my story as well. Um, so, and this whole time, you guys going as freshmen, you and Jamie are still dating. Still dating. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that that's uh, we had our ten year a couple of years ago, and that's really the theme of our our ten years. Like we grew up together, you know. We were little seventeen year old, um, yeah. you know, kids who both come from, uh, you know, interesting growing up paths, yeah, uh, interesting family paths, and uh, you know, really just kind of grew up together and and probably bonded over that in a way. Man, I, I got to ask this question. I don't know if mm-hmm. we have time to unpack this because you got some incredible stories, but how did you propose to Jamie? You know, uh, Do you know the story for real? No. Did she pay you to ask this? No, and our listener doesn't know this story. Oh, my gosh. No, I just I love this question. So when this comes out next sometime Monday. Uh-huh. Is she like? Is she, I'm going to hear her laughing across the house as she listens. To this. I can't wait. I hope she texts me and says, so she "Thank would say, you for asking." She's going to text you. Okay. Um, so Jamie would say that I, I did propose, but I didn't propose. I love how you guys have different stories of what <laughs> actually happened. I know <laughs> this is a reoccurring well, theme. The biggest thing that we so here's what happened. I bought the ring. Or I got this, the ring. This is your story of what happened. This is the real events of what happened. <laughs> I got the ring and. Um, I took it with me down to thanks. My my mom's side of the family always had this yearly celebration called Thanksmas, where we would do Thanksgiving and Christmas at the same time. Combined, got it. Uh, because it's a big family, right? Yeah. So I took it down with me, uh, and I and brought Jamie with me. This was like a second year. We we dated for like two years. Okay. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna propose. So I wanted to show my mom and stepdad. I had, I had already, my dad was with me when I bought the ring. Okay. I had asked her family before we left on the trip. They were ecstatic to have okay. me. I just want to say that got their permission. Got, got their the permission. And uh, then I wanted to show my mom and stepdad that. And then I was gonna propose to her in some way. And being a musician, I had these pipe dreams of like I'm gonna write a song and do it that way. Right. Love it. Well, I also have 
poor follow through <laughs> with anything basically. <laughs> um, and so I, 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 and I tried writing a song. I tell you, I'm telling you, I tried writing a song and it just wasn't good. You know, I, I was like, I, I can't do this. So I psyched myself out. That's what happened. So I had this ring in my pocket, burning a hole in my pocket. Uh-huh. I had gone on this trip with her. I was going to do it on the trip. And I already told her family. I'd already told my dad, I already told my mom and said that. Right. And so we're about one mile from her home coming back from the trip. And I had not, and I had not proposed yet oh, to her. Oh my goodness! And so I'm on the road, and I'm like, "Well, in oh, in, no. in a lot of ways, oh, no. so the, oh, this no. is me justifying it." Okay. <laughs> so in a lot of ways, I'm like Jamie and I used to. That was our kind of our story. Is on the way to school every morning, we would pass each other on this road. Okay. And like, this is a legit story. Uh-huh. We would pass each other on these on this road, and it was kind of like a cute little thing, you know. Like I was going to Warren, and she was coming to Monticello. Got it. And we would pass each other. Okay. And so on that road, I was like, "Well, I'll just propose to her on the road. Like this will be perfect. I'll, <laughs> yeah. It'll be like it was yeah, planned." Yeah, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking I better hurry up and do this, or or I'm gonna look like a fool when I walk in her house, you know. Um, and so. I, I pulled over on the side of the road and went over to her side of the car and she'll say I did not even get on a knee. I did get on a knee. My knee was touching the gravel. I remember the gravel hurting my knee, by the way. And it was worth it. But she says I didn't get on a knee. And I proposed <laughs> with her in the car. I didn't even get her out of the car. You know, I like I just froze. I I psyched myself out. You're, it was terrible. You're, you're on the shoulder. You're on the shoulder. You're on a dirt road. You're I'm, on the highway. Where are you? It's a highway. Yeah. Okay. It's not even a cool dirt road. Like that could be cool. Uh, to be honest with you, this is going to get deep. I, I was disappointed. You know, I was disappointed because you didn't, didn't pull it off. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't pull it off. Yeah. You know, you had the song. You, well, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just disappointed. But um, what I was most interested in is proposing. So we got that. And she and said I, yes. She said yes. I'm glad I did too because when we walked in her parents' house, her mom was already crying. I, I, I was going to say you, you're already visualizing when you walk in, they're ready to scream and like hug you. And I know so you that's had what to, I'm you had to make it. I'm happen. thinking we're going to pull in this place and her mom's going to have organized oh, some yeah. surprise party. Yeah, there'll or be something. a big banner as soon as she shows I up. Know. Something right? And then she's going to be like, "Uh, were you supposed to do something?" Man, that is. I'm so glad you shared that with us. That's a terrible story. No, ja- it's great, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, she's cat. She's happy for everyone else to know her her pain now. Mm. Yep. I, I second time I apologize to your wife over yeah. your. It your, will not be the last before we. I'm not sure exactly how to articulate this, but there's a lot of people in ministry now, a lot of pastors mm-hmm. that talk about when they're calling, when they were when they were called. Right. Well, when I was called into ministry, we hear that a lot, right? Man, when God called me. Uh, when I was doing this and God called me into ministry. We hear that all the time. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's just us. I think that the listener will be like, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that that are in ministry. But what I've seen is a lot of individuals that are maybe a youth pastor or mm-hmm. maybe in a speaking position, maybe a preacher, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them are the bulk of who communicates in that way. What I've sure. seen with a lot of music pastors, especially now with where we are with worship leading, uh, churches yeah. having individuals on staff who are very talented with uh, social media and tech and AVL mm-hmm. and all these things that yeah. you're gifted in, you don't hear that as much. And you honestly see a lot of those individuals evolve and grow into those roles. Um, I'm curious from you. Uh, you said, well, Jamie and I knew when I got married, kind of my, my path was ministry. I had a lot of experience in different churches. I served on church before this one. Um, did you, would you say, yeah, no, I experienced a calling like, yeah, I know when I was young, God laid on my heart X, Y, and Z. How would you communicate you knowing that God was leading you into a career in ministry? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll do my best to quickly answer this because I this is actually a topic I'm pretty passionate about um, because 
being in ministry for this length of time, I can see I've had plenty of ministry friends that have been casualties of vocational ministry. And so it's very sad, right, when you see that. And so it, it challenges to me the system. Like uh, it makes me take a step back and look at what we really do in the organized church and say, uh, is this the best way, right? So I would say for me, I don't view things that way. And this is just my total honest answer. And hopefully, you know, the the church member that's listening gets it, you know, or something. But my total honest answer is I really don't um, think of things in that way. I don't think of things for myself as in I was called to the ministry. Um, I see that God has placed every person in the church for his purpose and for a specific purpose for that body of people. And I would communicate that to every single person in this church better feel called to ministry. And the vocational part is just how we've decided to sustain ourselves. Okay. So this is, again, I'm going to strongly say this is my opinion. This is how I view it. Okay. And I don't push this on anyone. It's just how I view it. Okay. So the vocational part is the question. The calling is no question. My mom does not get paid to lead worship at her church, but she picks songs every week. She has to organize with different people that are singing with her. She has to decide if the sound system is going to work or not. You know, someone's got to run lyrics, the whole thing, right? Like there's small church. I think growing up in small towns probably helps a little bit on this. Like so there's smaller churches all over the the world where they might have one paid mm-hmm. pastor, but they still get it done every week. So, you know? and so, so essentially, are you, are you saying – that there is a specific calling if it's going to be a vocation. Is that what you're saying? You're saying you're I think say- that's dangerous. I just think it's a dangerous, uh, you know, thought process. Um, I do believe there is something to saying. I am called to be a pastor of a church. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's the vocational part. Like, because I also know bivocational pastors right. of churches. So, just because you're called to be a pastor of a church doesn't mean that that will be your vocation. Uh, now right? I'm tracking. I'm so, tracking. Uh, and so I'm going to try to stay on track. I'm, I'm, I'm building. No, you're, you're good. You're good. Knows. But let me say, like, I think that the reason it's such a dangerous, slippery slope is because when you say. I am called to be a paid staff member of a church. Mm. What happens when you're not? Yeah. What happens when there's no pay there? What happens exactly. when yeah. you, yeah. so, all so, of a sudden so, you're yeah. out of church? Suddenly suddenly God hasn't gifted you anymore to communicate the gospel right. or to lead people in specific yeah. ways. Yeah. 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 That's so good. before I came to Grace Point, I was queued up to be a teacher um, and a soccer coach. So I was coaching soccer before I came here. And if I had done that, if I had continued on that on that path, then I would have eventually got involved in worship ministry, you know, yeah. whatever church we landed at, because that's what I'm gifted to do. And so it doesn't have to do anything. It doesn't have to do with my paycheck, you know. Yeah. Um, I, and I think for me what it does is it makes me very – I feel blessed, I'll say that. Um, it makes me want to serve the church instead of work for the church, yeah. if that makes any difference. It does, yeah. It makes um, sense. Because I feel like I'm – you know, I should be the first person you cut. <laughs> like if we're if we're needing to cut staff, the music guy is the first one to go or something. Because I can't believe that you know we get to be paid to do what we do. Right. Whenever the Bible calls us to do it, regardless. Right. Yeah. No, I'm tracking with you. No, man. Grace Point appreciates you guys, and we uh, we certainly recognize that God's gifted you specifically in a lot of ways. Um, you've gone you've gone from 
um, man, what, what were you doing with Cameron back in, in Henderson State? <laughs> oh, I mean, where you start making videos, you yeah, run we some videos. sound. Oh, you, we were doing all kind of stuff. Everything. So Cameron McGee's a, just a workhorse. Yeah. And this dude, um, this dude had to wake me out of bed to do stuff. Let, let's not get that confused. You know, he was the, he was the catalyst between a, before yeah. a lot of it, but we'll, we'll have him on your show sometime. We need to. Yeah. yeah. He'd be awesome. Um, it would, it would end on time. I can tell you that. But how far over are we? I don't know. <laughs> You're not keeping time. No. The, hey, the listener that's still with us right now. Yeah. I hope that I hope they're awake. Me too. I hope so Cameron and I actually, there's videos out there on the interwebs back when YouTube had good stuff on it. Oh, know? right. Yeah. Cause and it's, so yeah. it's just trash now. Right? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but there's, there's videos that Cameron and I made all through author college. Cameron was a godsend. He literally, it was one of those stories where we were in, he's a year behind me in that, in that time frame. So we were in our MBSF center, which is our college ministry there. And, uh, I was already leading worship and, uh, we were just hanging out in the middle of the day one time and this like super scrawny, tall, shaggy haired kid walks in the door. And I can say kid now because you know how old we are, but, um, walks in the door and he just looks at us and we looked at him and we were like, Hey man, like, and he was like, what's this? And we're like, well, it's a, it's a college ministry. Like, and so, and, uh, and now, now knowing Cameron, I knew he had done his homework already. He knew uh-huh. why he was there, but we were, we were going to a, uh, like a, a fair, a, uh, ministry, a, a, a campus fair to promote our ministry. Like all the organizations would come out and promote yeah. the their stuff. And he was like, well, I'll go. And I, we're like, okay, well, come on. And so like, we went to this, this, uh, like job fair type atmosphere and, handed out popsicles for the MBSF ministry and there was Cameron and he I can remember listening to him saying, Yeah, this is MBSF. You ought to really come. And also and I was like, like this dude just came here today. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, but he was our drummer uh, and he eventually took over worship leading when I graduated out um, and uh, taught me a ton about, you know, audio and stuff yeah. at that time. Well, too. you guys who are musicians or creatives or whatever you want to call yourselves, you guys, you are jack of all trades. I've seen you and Cameron and a ton of people that get to lead from the stage of Grace Point have multiple, multiple talents, and I'm jealous mm-hmm. of all of them. But um, hey, listen, there's a, there's this local band. I've heard oh, them play yeah. a couple of times. I think they're called Jukebox Confessions. I, I could have that whoa, wrong. But whoa, whoa. there's there's a guy that is in the band that, to me, every now and then, he looks a little bit like Eric Church. But then every mm-hmm. time, other times I see him, I'm like, but he looks a little bit like Taylor. Yeah. Who is that guy? I've heard about him as well. It's just rumors? You're not sure? Well, all I've heard is he's phenomenal. It's like the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. And I think... Uh, I think he lost some weight. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if that's we, true. We not. should ask his wife. Don't ask her. Don't ask her. But he's a. Uh, I'd say he's phenomenal. He's not as good as the lead singer of that of that group, but you know he's he's pretty good. Now, hey, listen, you you gotta love leading worship. I'm sure yep. it's just a huge blessing. Everyone brags about the fact that we get to serve with such a cool church family. But do tell us real quick. Uh, you've got this band. You, you play with a band. It's a great group of individuals. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about it real quick. Yeah, so Jubox Confession, uh, we do all 90s country music. Love it. And it's awesome. And that was a brainchild of Jared Sears and Cameron McGee. And uh, we're uh, I, my secondary name for us is Ghost of Grace Point Past. Uh, 
<laughs> because Jared was on staff here. Cameron's on. Uh, Cameron's at Grace Pointer now. Uh-huh. He's our drummer. Matt McCaslin's at Grace Pointer now. He's our keys player. Dylan Taylor is our alleged guitar player. He was at Grace Point at one time. Scott, Scott Westlake, Westlake is our bass. bass player. He was at Grace Point at one time. It still pops up uh, with us and serves every now and then, which is awesome. Uh, and uh, Katie Sears sings with us. So it was part of Jared, uh, with Jared, obviously. And so I call us the ghost of Grace Point Pasts. That's fantastic. Do you guys yeah. have any shows coming up? We, uh, we're playing George's in July, and we're also playing first Friday in, uh, I think, like October or something. Yeah. It's yeah. been a little slow getting back. But yeah. That's fun, though. We're all tired. Like, we want to play, but we're like, I don't know if I can, <laughs> you know. But it's it's fun. It can be a true passion project because we're not relying on it for, like, money, you know. Right. Well, man, I, I could sit and talk with you all day. I, I know we need to wrap up. Even uh, though even though I, I try to start with this like silky smooth Taylor yeah. Wood voice that sounds like he's just well, that, audio, automated. And you're like, dude, stop. Well, that, that'll give you a little peek. I am a tad controlling. I, I have to have some. I, it's a thing. I, I, try, I try to fight it. I, I was really trying to just sound like you. And then you're like, hey, stop. Can you sound more exciting? So <laughs> yeah, really, you kind of are like, what you're really saying is that you don't sound very exciting. Because I, I feel like I was sounding just like you. Well, that may be some. I, I may need to like. You might need to work on that. that. I may need to work on yeah. it. Yeah. So I would just say, have you're listening to this awesome episode uh, right now, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll get notified every morning morning when I wake up at like 6.20 a.m. I have a notification from Pocket Cast that says more than a minister. Grace Point Direct has uploaded a an episode. So uh, make sure you subscribe and that'll let you know. Follow us on Facebook, Grace Point Church Family page if you're a member at GPC. Um, if not, we have a major page um, on Facebook from Grace Point Church. Also, uh, make sure that you come on June 6th where we have strategy meeting Uh, all that week. We we actually have a a really cool podcast that we're going to bring out next Monday uh, with Brett Ferguson and Justin Trawick. Um, and then on Wednesday, or th- so Monday's going to be about deacons and their role in our church and uh, some of the strategy stuff around June 6th. But also Wednesday, we've got a, a lunch and learn that's going to be Andrew Brown sitting with a couple of our trustees talking through some strategy meeting information as well. So if you want to be informed and you really want to vote on things that you know about, tap into those things and learn more. And as we always know, more than that, more than our worship on Sunday, more than all the things as we go, let us show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Live sent. sent. Nice.